0: Welcome to the SOAR podcast. Thank you for your support. If you want to continue to support this podcast, there are a few things you can do for me. Please like, subscribe, and share. And if you're listening to this on Apple Podcasts, I would love it if you would give me a five-star rating. And if you really feel motivated, go ahead and write a review. So welcome to SOAR, the Sisters Overcoming and Rising podcast. I'm Dr. Stephanie, your host, and I'm here to help women Overcome limiting beliefs so that they can live their best lives.
1: Sisters come together now, come together now. It's time to
0: help each other out, help each other out. It's time for transformation, it's time for healing. You've got the potential, you've got the power now. Sisters overcome. The next guest that I'm gonna introduce to you has definitely seen God be a way maker in her life. We're gonna introduce Kimberly Spates, who's here to talk about our topic, Dangerous Disastrous Dysfunction to Destiny. My special guest, Kimberly Spates, is the epitome of I don't look like what I've been through. As a woman with a tumultuous past, intertwined with drugs, sex, and money, She was given another chance by God. This chance has allowed her to come out of despair and into destiny. She has used her testimony to pull others out of dangerous lifestyles and mindsets. As the founder and executive director of Empowered to Overcome Incorporated, she purposefully pours back into the community and has a no-nonsense approach. She uses transparency to bring real healing and deliverance. She is currently pursuing her master's degree in Christian counseling and has many platforms across the country. She is a mother and wife while injecting the masses with renewed mindsets and hope. As a published author, her book title is Today's Topic, From Dangerous, Disastrous Dysfunction to Destiny. Welcome to
1: Kimberly. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Yes, I'm really excited to have
0: you on to talk about our topic and also the title of your autobiography, From Dangerous Disastrous Dysfunction to destiny. I know that I introduced you, but I would love to hear in your words,
1: who are you and what is your destiny? So, I am a disruptor, and I know you're trying to figure out what in the world is a disruptor. I'm here to drastically alter and help you destroy the structural toxic habits, cycles, and generational dysfunction. That is what a disruptor is, and that is what I am.
0: Wow. Okay, I have never heard that before. It's certainly a unique way to introduce yourself, and I can't wait. To dive into hearing a little bit more about about how you do those things that you just mentioned. So as a disruptor, what would you say your, your destiny is?
1: My destiny is to go back and help women that have been caught up in uh, habits of allowing their flesh to dictate who they are. Uh, it's my job to go and find them and disrupt that habit and disrupt those behaviors so that they can learn to be the women that God has called them to be.
0: Mm, That's very powerful. So stories are such a powerful way not just to communicate but also to transform which it sounds like is some of what you're doing in terms of changing people's dysfunctional habits. It's transforming them. So I would love to hear about your autobiography and I would really just be honored if you would share your story.
1: Uh, A little bit about uh, the autobiography. I grew up in a home that was very dysfunctional. My mom was extremely physically abusive. And so I equated that abuse to love, uh, which landed me in a a very uh, toxic and dysfunctional relationship with a notorious drug dealer. But Because he was physically abusive, I equated that To him loving me because that was my only definition of love, and it wasn't until I just got sick and tired of being sick and tired of being sick and tired, is when God allowed me and provided me a way of escape. It was at the very moment I was in the midst of committing suicide. I had the gun in my temple and I was ready. Um, and I heard a voice and it just said leave, and so I was able to to really just walk away from that relationship. Wow.
0: Wow. Very powerful story that you share. And I know that you're not alone, that a lot of people have been at that point. I I had a guest on SOAR just a couple of weeks ago who also had attempted suicide and came from a very dysfunctional family as well and had abusive parents. So your story is definitely a blessing to a lot of people just in you being willing to share it. So thank you for sharing that. Absolutely. Now you are the founder and the executive director of LAMP or LAMP, which stands for Leadership and Mentorship Program. And I am a huge fan of mentorship. I'm constantly talking about how important mentorship is. So I would love to hear your philosophy on mentorship and to understand what your program does.
1: So I have two separate uh, mentoring programs. Uh, one is for girls ages 6 to 18, which is what the LAMP is. I mean, yes, it is Leadership and Mentoring Program. That's what LAMP stands for. Uh, and the other is Kingdom-Minded Mentoring with Kim, which is for women that are are trying to stay on the path of operating in their God-ordained purpose. The LAMP program is based, teach off of five foundational pillars, transforming thought- transforming habits, transforming actions, transforming character, which then transforms the young ladies into leaders. So uh, that's The goal of the LAMP program, and we also try to facilitate the growth of their spiritual gifts, exploring the purpose of each of their gifts as it pertains to their future and their career choices. Kingdom minded mentoring with Kim is more for uh, beginning uh, entrepreneurs. Or women that are just finding their footing in who they really are and what they're supposed to be doing. Uh, they just need a little bit of steering and guiding along the path. So uh, that is really for adult, mainly, I would say, 21 years of age and older.
0: Okay. Okay. Wow. Your busy lady, two mentoring programs. So, how does it how does it work? How do you get your um, mentees for Lamp, and how do you get your mentees for your kingdom minded mentoring program?
1: For Lamp, we are currently operating within some of the Birmingham. Well, prior to COVID, we were operating Lamp in some of the Birmingham City Schools, as well as. We, our target is underserved and marginalized communities. So we go where the girls are so that there is no barrier to them receiving our services. And of course, our services for our girls are at no cost. We don't ever charge for our mentoring service uh, for the girls. And we provide uh, a healthy snack for the girls as well. So uh, we go where they are. Uh, that is one of our focal points. We meet the girls exactly where they are. We're kingdom minded mentoring with Kim, there is a screening process. So typically, it's ladies that are looking for a mentor will reach out to me and then I will send them the screener. You have to be committed, you have to be dedicated. And it's not something that I take lightly. So uh, just because someone feels out a questionnaire doesn't necessarily guarantee them space in the mentoring program. It's uh, I take the applications. I read the answers. I fast and I pray and I ask God, is my voice assigned to that person? Uh, and if so, then we move forward with the process. If not, then I just let them know uh, in this season, uh, my voice is not assigned to you.
0: Mm, wow. So it sounds like with the women, you are the one who's providing all of the mentoring. So you're the sole
1: mentor? Yes, ma'am. That is absolutely one-on-one mentoring. And then we have quarterly meetings where I bring all of the mentees together. Um, and we do uh, character building, leadership building exercises, and what, of course, we do team building exercises. Okay.
0: Okay, and with the girls, are there other women who are part of that mentoring program, or is that also with you as the main mentor?
1: It, um, no, it's. Uh, I have a leadership team with uh, my nonprofit, Empowered to Overcome Incorporated. So we have a leadership team, and we have a director for our LAMP program, and so we all play a role uh, in mentoring the girls.
0: Okay, Wonderful, wonderful.
1: That sounds like a great program. I guess it's just in Birmingham, Alabama, though, right? It is for now, but our goal is to definitely spread out uh, throughout the Southeast. We're, we're, We're working hard to make that happen.
0: Oh, excellent. So as soon as I spoke to you, you know, we spoke before, I could tell that you were a powerful woman of God. I would love to hear about your Christian journey that led you to become an elder and a clergy and someone who fasts and prays to to figure out their next decision.
1: So that journey is, of course, ongoing um, because I do know um, God is constantly evolving me in many areas. Uh, but... Once I left the drug dealer, um, I met my husband, whom I'm still married to, um, and we started our courtship, and then we were married. In the course of uh, our marriage, I went back to the drug dealer, and of course, this is all shared in my autobiography, Um, and in that process, uh, my husband found out. And he uh, decided he was going to take our children and just leave me. And it was at that moment I realized I was losing everything. Uh, Uh So my uncle, who was my pastor at the time, I called him and I said, you got to help me get my kids. And he was like, oh, okay." So I'm thinking he's just going to bring me over and we're going to, you know, he's going to talk to my husband Talking him into staying, uh, but he did something uh, with me that literally changed my life. He stood me in front of a mirror and he said, I c- you can't look away. You can't close your eyes. I want you to look into the mirror. And I thought, okay, this will be easy. You know, I'm pretty, you know, I'm fine. I can do this. Uh-huh. <laughs> but the more I looked in the mirror, the more I saw the real Kim. Um, and the more I saw the, the path that I was on the destructive life I was living the choices that I was making it, it just tore me apart and then God allowed me in that process to see my daughter doing the exact same things uh, I was doing and it tore me to pieces um, and I tried to look away and my uncle said no you're not ready yet and it wasn't until that moment that I broke down he realized okay now you're ready um, and so that was my role that began the road to discovering who I was, who I was in Christ, um, my worth. Um, And so uh, in doing that, uh, God led me to uh, Love Fellowship Christian Center, which is the church I'm a member of now. And just talking to my pastor about the things that God was placing on my heart. And I heard God say ministry. And I was okay with ministry until he said, I want you to go back to the community. that you and the drug dealer tore apart. And I was like, wait, what? Are you kidding? Uh-huh. Me? I knew that me going back wasn't about me. Um, and so in doing that, my pastor put me in uh, ministers minister's training classes, and I became a minister. And then uh, through my growth, he promoted me to elder. And in uh, our church, when you're an elder, you're automatically licensed clergy. Wow. What a
0: journey. That is such an inspiring story. You know, in that short period of time, you just explained the arc of being at rock bottom and then being elevated, not by man, but by God to a position of leadership where you're leading his children. That's awesome.
1: It's God. It's all God.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And... And so you kind of talked about how your faith helped you to go from a broken girl to a healed woman. But I know that it has been a journey and a process. I know that it started with you sort of breaking down and being able to see yourself. But what was the journey like? And and how did your faith serve you along that journey of healing?
1: Uh, The first thing that I had to do in the journey was I had to deal with that hurt little girl, Uh, the little girl that was never validated by her mother, her father, the little girl that had to deal with a crack addicted mother, the little girl that had to deal with an alcoholic father, Uh, the little girl that decided because she was raped at such a young age that she was going to allow her body to validate her. I had to deal with that little girl because that little girl was trying to adult the adult me and uh-huh. it was not working so that was the first part of going from a broken girl to a healed woman and the second part was really finding out who god said i was not man not my flesh not the the person i saw in the mirror but who did god say i was and so the two scriptures that really uh, helped me with that was psalms one set i'm sorry psalm 17 and eight uh, which spoke of me being the apple of his eye. And then Isaiah 49, 16, uh, which reminded me that my name was etched in the palm of his hand. Like that just, that just touched uh-huh. me. My- my spirit to know that in spite of me, in spite of my choices, in spite of my mess ups, my failures, my name was still etched in the palm of his hand where he took a nail. That's where my name was. So that meant I was important to him Um, and and that helped me to really get to know who God said I was and and that really propelled me to be uh, a healed woman. Mm. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I can definitely hear it in your voice. And I can tell why you're such a powerful mentor and such a powerful elder and just such a powerful woman of God. There's just there's a lot of power and purpose in your voice. And uh, I appreciate you sharing that. Absolutely. As a a Christian myself, I got saved and accepted Christ in my 20s when I was in in medical school. And and I remember kind of getting to a point where I saw that choices that I was making and the lifestyle I was living just really was not serving me and I needed God. But in my younger years, I feel like my faith was a little bit transactional. I felt that if I was obedient, that I would get the desires of my heart and that his promises would be fulfilled for me. And I'm sure as, as you know, as we get older and we mature, we realize that it's not, you know, it's not a soda machine where you put something in and you get something out. Mm -hmm. And I've had to um, reevaluate that for myself. I'm just wondering if that has been the case for you. If there were times where, you know, You had a more transactional relationship, but have realized that uh, it doesn't necessarily work that way. And God is sovereign. He doesn't have to give us everything that we want.
1: Right. Right. Um, Yes, absolutely. Um, I call them generational traditions, Um, you know. Growing up, we got baptized just because my cousin got baptized or one of the other little girls in church were baptized. Uh, It wasn't a real meaning uh, behind us getting baptized. And so, you know, as I grew older, I felt like, okay, God, why isn't my life? all, you know, pearls and fun and roses and happy-go-lucky. I got baptized, so I don't understand what the problem is. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I I realized, you know, that was just a, a generational tradition because... I just got baptized because everybody else got baptized. I wanted the pretty you know, silver necklace that they gave you after you got baptized. Um, and so I realized there was more to uh, my Christian faith than just baptized in water. That's a great thing, uh, but there has to be meaning behind that. And then it also taught me that. Uh, I needed a relationship with God that it wasn't just about religion. It wasn't just about going to church. It wasn't just about getting baptized. It was about an authentic relationship with God, you know, talking with him and spending time with him and and just reading his word and fasting and praying and and just. Uh, just that one-on-one time just worshiping him and and that's when I realized this that was what I was missing and that's why I didn't feel like I was f- being fulfilled or or doing anything productive or uh operating in purpose because I wasn't I didn't have a relationship I just had religion. Uh mm-hmm. huh. Mm-hmm. yeah and I think sometimes along
0: the way we we lose that relationship we can we can be very close and then we can become separated so just reminding ourselves that the root of it all is that relationship and just like any relationship if you have a time where you're not as close you can always uh, reconcile and 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 get that closeness back so i i have a lot of really amazing women who listen to this um, show, this podcast, who ha- who may have some similar aspirations to you. You are an world traveler, an international speaker. You've been featured on numerous media outlets, including ABC. So can you just, tell us what was your path to being able to do some of these things uh, so some of the other women who are aspiring may have an idea of how to go about it.
1: Um, Always stay true. Uh, And stay focused on your purpose. Let God lead you to the doors. Um, And even when the doors were presented to me, my prayer was always, God, is this a good opportunity or a God opportunity? Because if it's just a good opportunity, then I don't want it. But if it's a God opportunity, then I know it's a part of my purpose and it's a part of the path that He has for me. Um, I didn't go chasing opportunities. I just stayed faithful and focused and true to my purpose. And I allow God to, to bring the doors to me. And once those doors were opened again, I asked for that confirmation, God, is this a God opportunity? Because sometimes we get caught up and think, ooh, this is good. Well, it may be good, but is it a God opportunity? And there's a big difference. Um, and that, I think, has really helped me to stay humble and, and, and stay true to who it is God has called me to be.
0: Uh-huh. Can you think of any opportunities that you turned down because they were good, but you knew they weren't God opportunities? And, and how, did you, how did you make that distinction?
1: Absolutely. Uh there there have been uh actually uh the months of September through de- de- December of last year, uh, you know, I was getting all kinds of uh engagement requests. Um, and I began to pray uh, because they were coming in so fast and it, it just honestly it, it just really made me a little uneasy. Uh mm-hmm. so I began to pray and I fast and I asked God and God said Uh, I want this time to be a time for you to just a refreshing time. Uh, And so even though a lot of them were just places I really wanted to be, I really wanted to go. I have been longing to be on this particular platform, um, but I heard God say, I need you to just sit down and let me refresh you. Um, and so I had to turn down every single engagement uh, from September to December of last year, because I specifically heard God say in my time of prayer and fasting, uh, I need to refresh you. There's some stuff I need to deposit into you. And if you're moving and busy, I can't you may miss what I'm trying to deposit. And so I said, nope. I got to sit down. If God says he needs to refresh me, then that means he's preparing me for something even bigger and greater um and so it did it hurt i'll, I'll be honest because again mm-hmm. you know there are some places i really wanted to go um but i heard i clearly heard god say no and i'm glad um that i, I took I, I was obedient to that because he truly uh downloaded some remarkable things into me so i'm i'm excited about where i'm going
0: that is exciting and um, i'm sure that just like you said there's something bigger and better if if that time was needed what would you say it feels like in business especially as entrepreneurs there's a momentum and you can start to feel the momentum build and then it kind of shifts you to a different level and in what you're doing what would you say was the speaking engagement or the um, the thing that you did where it, there was a shift and you started to, it started to build and have more momentum.
1: I would say there were two uh, opportunities. Uh, once when I was invited to speak uh, on TBN, and then the other would be uh, Sisters in Christ Women's Conference in Georgia. Uh, both of those shifted me because it placed me uh, on platforms with, I mean, these are, you know, these were preachers and pastors that have been in ministry, you know, for 20, 30 years. They've got doctorates in theology and they've been to seminary and here I am with just a bachelor's degree (laughs) and I'm currently pursuing my master's, but it's not in theology. And so I was just like, oh my God, like really? Like me, God? Um, And then God began to remind me um, that this wasn't about me, neither was it about the people that were around me. It was about him using me to deliver a a, a word to someone that needed it. And so um, that was the shift for me because I began to realize you know, not focus on who's around me or who's next to me or whose name is next to my name or what alphabet or behind other people's name. Uh, It shifted me to make sure I stay focused on the purpose that God had me there for. Um, And that was somebody, God had somebody in that place that needed what he was depositing into me to give to them. So uh, that was the shift. Those were the shifting moments for me because both were extreme. Well, TBN was televised and then Sisters in Christ was extremely large. Uh, There's usually about 3,000 women that attend that conference. And so uh, that was the shift for me on those two platforms.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. So, and what year? What year was that? You know, just in terms of giving some perspective of of how long for for people to know not to give up because for some people it may happen overnight, but for other people it may take a few years.
1: I would say TBN was twenty fourteen, maybe or oh, it may have been 2016 it may have been 2016 um, sisters in Christ was 2019. So uh, they have, you know, I've been doing uh, ministry for quite a number of years now. So that wasn't, you know, those opportunities were not opportunities that just happened overnight. Um, you know, it, it just, it was in God's timing, but you know, it, it wasn't anything that happened overnight. That's for sure. So, yeah, right, Wow,
0: yeah, so God's timing and your obedience and your discipline paid off.
1: absolutely,
0: so on this show, I always ask about limiting beliefs. So what limiting beliefs did you have to overcome in order to leave behind dangerous, disastrous dysfunction and step into this powerful woman of God that you are now?
1: I had to overcome the belief that man had to validate me, that I had to have someone's stamp of approval, uh, whether it was uh, my pastor or one of my professors in college or one of the other elders at church. I I felt like I had to have uh, their validation. And in spending some really quiet time, I mean, just um, I, I call, I do what they call brain breaks at least once a month now. Um, I take brain breaks, uh, where I totally just, I'm off the radar. Uh, no cell phone, no TV, no husband, no children, no ministry, no school, no work, no anything. Um, And I have two CDs. One would be a a CD of just worship music that I've created, and the other would be a CD of just nature sounds like rain or thunderstorms or things of that nature. Um, And that's my time. I do absolutely nothing uh, but allow God to, to speak directly to me. And so it was in one of those brain break moments that God said to me, I called you, not your pastor. Not your professor, not your friends, not the clergy, not the elders. I called you. So if I called you, that means you're ready and you're equipped. Um, And that was so powerful for me Um, to to literally hear God say that to me. Like that made me feel so empowered to know that he thought enough of me to say that to me. Um, And that was my moment uh, to where I didn't look for the validation anymore. Now, don't get me wrong. You know, there are times I'll go to my pastor for advice, but as far as validation, it comes totally from God. I totally depend on him to validate me for whatever I'm about to do. If he doesn't validate it, I don't do it.
0: Yeah, that that's one that I think a lot of people, and especially women, I guess I deal mostly mm-hmm. with women, we look to be validated, you know, sometimes it can be from our organizations or from our friends. I think I was just talking to a group of friends and they were saying how one person was complaining that they didn't feel like they got the kudos or the acknowledgement that they deserved where somebody else got it. And I was just thinking like, why, why do we do that all the time? Like, why (laughs) is that so important to us? And and I think, I, I mean, I agree with you that that validation has to come from ourselves and from God. And, like, mm-hmm. it's, it's the same thing for me, like, with love. Like, you were created in love, so the, the love of the creator is always with you, and you can choose to pour love into yourself so that if no one else ever... Shows you love or validates you, you still have it. You know, it's it's not going anywhere. Absolutely. And it's really interesting what you said about brain breaks. It reminds me of meditation, and I I'm actually working with uh, a meditation teacher, and she goes off on these retreats where she'll go to like a remote area. And not have any cell phone, not have anybody around and just be quiet and just not do anything for like days at a time. Yes. And, and those are her her meditation retreats. So I know you called it a brain break, but it's, it sounds pretty similar to like a meditation or a retreat.
1: Mm-hmm. Absolutely.
0: Yeah. So when you do that, like how long do you do it for?
1: I typically do it for a weekend. So um, I usually leave uh, on a Friday evening um, and then I come back home late Sunday. Uh, So I let my pastor know, hey, I I won't be at church or, you know, now that we're virtual, I won't be dialing in because this is my brain break weekend. Um, So now he's very familiar with that. Um, So I just I just go. Of course, my husband knows where I am in case of an emergency, but once I'm there, I check in with him and let him know I'm here, I'm safe, and now I'm turning it around, disconnecting um, uh, because. I mean, you know, women, we pour so much out of ourselves uh-huh. um, that we have to find time to allow God to to pour back into us. And, and you know, sometimes we just get tired. And I think, you know, so often we love to say we're superheroes or we're super women. Um, and, and that may be the case, but, you know, superwoman needs a break every now and then. Uh-huh. So you know, it's important that we do those, those, we take those brain breaks or, or those meditation moments. It's extremely important uh, if not we will literally wear ourselves out because we're nurturers by nature so yeah uh-huh. you know, we've got to have those we've got to have those
0: I just love that so much I, I love that example that you're setting in in terms of that that self-care and and like you said if you're constantly busy and you said this a little bit earlier if you're constantly busy and busy and going it's hard to pay attention to what God is trying to tell you. You need to be still and Mm -hmm. listen sometimes. Yes. Yeah. That's wonderful. So you alluded to it a little bit that, you know, you had your break from, or those few months where you didn't take any engagements and that God really deposited some amazing things in you. So I know you don't have to tell us everything, but where is destiny calling you next?
1: So uh, right now I am focused on building kingdom minded mentoring with Kim, building uh, some more curriculum for the ladies, uh, because a couple of ladies will be graduating out and then God will be sending in new ladies. Um, And then I'm also... um, Trying to, <laughs> I'm waiting on God to give me clearance to to start back up. Uh, candid conversations with Kim, which was a platform uh, for out of the box conversations, things we don't talk about in church. Um, uh-huh. that that we really need to be talking about, especially as uh, Christians and, and part of a part of the body of Christ. So uh, just waiting on God to give me a clearance when to start that back up. but for now just uh, building kingdom-minded mentoring with Kim, writing new curriculum. so I'm excited about uh, where he's taking that. Mm,
0: that does sound exciting. Have you thought about Clubhouse as a, a venue for your candid conversations once you get that clearance?
1: I did. I have thought about that. I've, I've actually been doing a little research on that. So, yes, I've definitely thought about that.
0: Okay, that that's exciting. It would be awesome to see more content from Christians uh, on that platform as well as, as the building. Yeah. So you have just definitely blessed me so much in this conversation. I just wanted to know if there was anything else that you wanted to share, especially, you know, around the title of your autobiography, about anybody who may feel like they're still in that situation of dysfunction and um, danger and disaster. What, what would you like to share with them?
1: Uh, One of the things that my uncle uh, shared with me when he put me in front of the mirror, when I finally broke, um, he said to me, he looked me square in my face and looked me dead in my eyes and said, there is nothing you can confess that will make God love you any less. Uh And that statement still just. It shakes me to my core to know that God loves me that much that I can confess the worst of the worst. And he still loves me. Um, So I just want to encourage women. If you're in that place where you feel like, you know, you're too ashamed of the things that you've done, uh, you're embarrassed about choices that you've made. Hear me well. You can confess that to God and he'll still love you. Uh, because he made you, you're a part of him. And so don't allow the enemy to to taint your mind and, and your thoughts to make you feel like you're just, you know, you're just this little piece of something that God didn't want to have anything to do with. That is so not true. You are still the apple of his eye. Your name is still tattooed in the palm of his hand. He could never forget about you. He made you. So whatever it is, Just surrender it to Christ. Just begin to unload all of that stuff that you're holding on to. Get a journal. Write it down. Find you a a little small space where no one can see you and hear you and you release that to God because He still loves you. As a matter of fact, He's waiting on you right now.
0: Love that. Love that. That is very powerful. I think a lot of times what holds us back is that sense of shame Mm -hmm. and feeling and feeling that we've done something that, you know, God can't forgive us for when, like you, like you said, God has forgiven us already. Um, Mm -hmm. even before we ask, we just have to, we just have to go to go to him. So that's, that's a beautiful reminder that the only reason that we are separated from God is because we step away. Um, He's always there um, with open arms. So... Absolutely. Thank you for that. Thank you for that reminder. So how can we... Keep abreast of where you're speaking next and um, purchase your book and maybe even apply for your mentorship programs or send your information to other people we know who might be in the
1: Birmingham area. Sure. So you can uh, to stay up to date, you can uh, follow uh, all of the, the engagements I have coming. You can also order my book uh, on our website at www.etoinc dot o-r-g and you can also follow me on facebook as kim walker spates i use my maiden name a lot because a lot of people know me uh, from my maiden name so uh, feel free to uh, follow me on facebook and then of course you can log on to our website and get more information about how to request me uh, as a speaker or to just uh, tag along with some of the engagements i have coming uh, as well as purchase the book
0: Thank you so much, Kim. This has been just a wonderful, wonderful conversation. I look forward to following you, and I look forward to getting the book and just just being blessed by you again. I just feel it in my spirit that I'm going to be blessed by you again. Yeah.
1: Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it.
0: All right. Take care. Thanks for conquering those limiting beliefs on another episode of the SOAR podcast. If you want to reach out to my guests, just check out the show notes and all of the contact information is there. If you want more information about Stephanie Brown Coaching, go to www.stephaniebrowncoaching.com. And I'm sure you're already following the SOAR podcast Instagram page. But if not, just go to IG and type in Sisters Overcoming and Rising, all one word. Goodbye for now i